You are listening to 101 with Tommy Zam. On the 11th episode, we sit down with Kevin Romar talking about music and life. Let's do this. What up, Romar? How you doing? Yeah, what's up, Tommy? Chilling. How's everything? How's everything going out there, dude? Ah, uh, it's going all right, man. Just trying to stay uh, productive in this crazy world right now. I know it's crazy, dude. Like, I mean, all this 2020, nobody expected to be like this, you know. Seriously, everyone had these hopes and ambitions. Like, 2020, we're gonna be the best version of ourselves and kill the world and <laughs> shut down. I know, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got, I got bored in Cali, and I just took off to Florida, so I'm out here for a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's good to get out of Cali for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I do miss it, man. I miss the food out there, man. Definitely 100%, man. The food out here is okay, but it's just different, you know? Yeah. Which, what part of Florida are you in? Uh, Tampa Bay area, St. Pete. Oh, you're in the you're in the deep. <laughs> the yeah, the deep. Downtown, yeah. <laughs> like 30 minutes from the spot, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm just here for like a little bit, and then once everything clears up out there, I'm going to head back out, you know? Oh, sick. That's that's my plan, you know. Who knows? I feel you, man. I'm the same boat. I'm just floating around right now too, just trying to figure out what the next move is. Yeah, it's, you have to, man. You know, we don't know what's going on out there. You know. Yeah. It's crazy. So you ready? Ready to start this, man? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, Kevin, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people know who you are, but some of the audience that will be listening won't know who you are. Um, spill out. Tell them a little about you. Yeah, um, my name is Kevin Romar. I'm a professional skateboarder, um, a DJ, a producer, um, entrepreneur. I just do a bunch of things. Um, and yeah, I've been skateboarding for about 18 years, been DJing for about eight years. And yeah, just been living my life trying to figure out the next move. <laughs> <laughs> and, and where did you grow up at? Um, I grew up in Long Beach, California, and then uh-huh. I moved. I moved to OC. Uh, I moved to OC when I was uh, about ten or eleven years old, and then stayed out there for a bit. All so right. those, those are both those are both my homes, Long Beach and, and the OC. Uh, what part of OC? Uh, Cypress. Oh, okay, Cypress, pretty chill, dude. Yeah, that's the home of the skate shop called Furnace Skate Shop, and uh, they they took me under the wing when I moved from Long Beach over there, and then they got me into skateboarding. And from there, it just uh, they just had faith in me, and I've been writing for them ever since. So it's a blessing. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And and so did you start? So you grew, you started in Long Beach or, or Cyprus for skateboarding? I, I started in uh, started Cyprus. Okay. Yep. That's right, dude. And what got you into it? I mean, did you see like skate videos or something, or like you just saw people skating down the street, or what? Um, pretty much, dude, I was playing football, like all the sports and stuff when I was in like junior high and like little kid, like elementary. So I was playing football, basketball, baseball, and you know, I just was getting bored of it. We moved to Cyprus and dude, I was just literally walking down the street, going back to my house and I seen some dude just skating down the street and like, okay, what's going on? You know what I mean? I was like 11 years old. And I seen this dude ollie up a curb. I didn't know what ollie was back then, but I just saw how he jumped up the curb with his board. Uh-huh. I was like, whoa, bro. Like, that was super crazy. That was so cool. He, like, did some magician type stuff with his feet. 
And so I was like, I went home right then and there. I was like, Mom, I need to get a skateboard. Hook me up, please, for Christmas. I don't know. I don't care what it is. I didn't know what a skate, real skateboard was back then. So she got me like this like Target brand Nash board. And it didn't really roll, but it did the job for me at that point. I was like, cool, I'm, I'm ready to Ollie right now, but it doesn't happen that way at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those, those wheels on the I remember those Nash boards or back in the day, the Ant boards that get up. We used to get up. Well, they didn't have Walmart back in the day. They had Kmart and, you know, JCPenney's and stuff. They sold skateboards, but they were like Ant boards and the wheels are not the greatest, dude. They're like hard plastic, you know? Hard plastic. You know, like, you're not going nowhere with those wheels. No, nah, man, you can't do. You can't do nothing on it, man. Yeah, it's seriously like, why do they even sell these things? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and now, now, now they sell you know decent boards now. You know, so like you know birdhouse boards and stuff like that at Walmart and stuff. You know, they're now that they finally realize, hey, you know what, we're gonna make money off of this. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but so. All right, cool. So that's so you started like what you say around eleven, like you're eleven years old when you kind of got into it. And then when did you officially like realize like I want to do this for rest of my life or I want to do this for fun or whatever, you know? Yeah, when I was about like thirteen, I was like, this is this is really fun. This is something that's taken me out of uh, my element, like what I'm my comfortable with, like because I was just raised on doing like football, basketball, and all that stuff, like. You know, Kobe Bryant's and Michael Jordan's. I'm like, I want to be like them. And then I, you know, found skateboarding. I was like, this is something totally different. It makes me feel alive, like free. Like, I want to stick with this. So around like 13 or 14, I was like, yeah, this is what I really want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. And 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 then like, do you know, because I know I talked to a lot of, you know, some people and stuff like that. And a lot of them, you know, I think it was like, or, or, you know, were picked on for being a skater. Did you get like that when you're in high school becoming a skater and stuff? Or, or did you like kind of like not dress and look like a skater? Man, I had so many different styles. I got picked on like pretty much my whole life. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, man. I used to. So when I moved from Long Beach to Cyprus, um, I used to move around a lot, me and my family or whatever. But uh, yeah, I had blonde hair. I started bleaching my hair. I tried to dye it silver. I was a fan of Cisco back in the day. No way. <laughs> when the Dong song came out, dude, I think I was about 12 or 13. I was so hyped on Cisco. I was like, I need to get my hair silver just like him. <laughs> so I tried to dye it. I tried to bleach it silver, but it like burned my head and it came out blonde. So I just ran with my head being blonde for about like four or five years. The real OGs know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Listen to me. So I had blonde hair and I just kept that. And I moved a couple different schools throughout that time. But I was everyone was like, why does this kid have blonde hair at our school? Because no one was doing that back then. Like when Cisco did it, it was like, whoa, somebody did something different, you know, as far as silver hair. Uh-huh. But like back then, dyeing your hair was just looked at as like, you're not normal. <laughs> it is different, you know? <laughs> So yeah, I was just like always in a new different hairstyle like my whole life and got picked on. Skateboarding I was always like, you're doing that white boy sport, blah, 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 blah. You know, that whole thing goes. And uh, yeah, then I just stuck with it though. My my coaches, I was still playing football and basketball at the time. And my coaches were always like, if you get hurt, like your, your season's done. You need to stop skateboarding. You need to stop with that stuff and just worry about football and basketball. But I was like, nah, I just want to skate. Like, I don't care if I don't play on the next, you know, football game. I just want to skate. 
And they started to see that, and they were like, yeah, that, okay, he really wants to do that. Then I would get injured and go to practice, and they're just like, look, you got to pick one or the other. Like, you can't do both. <laughs> hey. so, yeah, I, just, I, picked, I picked skateboarding. I was like, yeah, I'd rather do that. I don't want to be – I started seeing that I don't want to be in the – I can't – I'm not going to be in the NFL. Little five-foot, you know, seven guy, no big old muscles. I don't take steroids. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I can't take a big old 300-pound hit like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, falling, slamming on skateboarding is enough. Like, doing – getting hit by a big old, you know, linebacker every weekend. Oh, no. That'd be wear on the body, dude. Oh, man. I give those guys props, man. That's a, that's a hard living. And and if you did play, let's say you did end up playing football, what team would you pick, dude? What, what team would you go to? Uh, I was a Cowboys fan when I was a little kid, so I was like, uh, Deion Sanders was my favorite favorite player. Yeah, so I was like Deion Sanders. Wherever team he goes, I, I'm I'm down. He played on the Redskins. Uh, he played on uh, the Falcons. Uh, he went, he went on the Raiders, Cowboys. did he? Was that? Oh, he didn't go to the Raiders, did he? Or no? No, uh, no, he never went to the Raiders. Oh, that's, that's Jerry Rice that went to Raiders. That's Jerry right. Rice, yeah, Jerry Rice, yeah. Okay, I was about to say, I'd be weird to see Deion Sanders on Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> but they played on the same team. They were on the 49ers together, so that's pretty dope. Yeah, that is rad, dude. That is mm-hmm. rad. Well, that's cool. I mean, like, you know, like skateboarding, you know, like took you a lot of places. So, I mean, do you remember your first sponsor? Yeah, it was uh, Fernand Skate Shop. That was the first huh? one. That's your first one? Yeah. So, I went to the skate shop when I was a little kid. Um I just was so so curious on skateboarding and furnace was literally like a block away from my house. So I would just go in that skate shop every day and I would just like look around and just be so amazed at all these cool looking skateboards. And you know, the workers workers there were finally starting to see that I was going there every day. They were like, What's your name, little man? Like you're in here every day. And I just like was like, My name's Kevin. I just like I like these skateboards up here and stuff like that. They're like, Yeah, just keep coming around, man. Just you know, keep cruising. And finally, I like got got some old skateboard from Furnace, and that helped me progress in skateboarding. And then they started to see that. And my uh, good friend Justin McLean, R.I.P., he would take me skating from Furnace every day. Like as he saw me uh, going to that skate shop every day, yeah. and he was just like, "Yo, this guy is like really into skateboarding. Like I want to see if he can do more tricks." And then from there. Um, I got sponsored within like that seven month of skateboarding, pretty much from Furnace Skate Shop. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You got sponsored like seven months? That's crazy. Dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I just I would go into my garage every day. I was so dedicated to skateboarding. I would go into my garage. I would print up how to kickflip. You can go on Google back then on the, like the old PCs. I would look up how to kickflip, print that out, and it showed you step by step color images. <laughs> <laughs> and I would read it. I'd read it every day. Like read it. Like okay, I'm gonna flick my feet like this, this and that, and that, and the third. And you know, it took me so long to like actually learn how to kickflip. But once I did, I was like, all right, cool. I, I can learn the next step. But all I could do when I got sponsored was do a varial flip, kickflip, and a pop shove it, and they sponsored me. <laughs> and they and they sponsor you in seven months. Like yo, this dude. Yeah. Dude. And yep. like, dude, this dude's ill, dude. He can do varial flip, pop shove it, and kick flip. We got him. <laughs> yep. My boy Justin was like, yo, uh, they told the owner to come outside. He was like, yo, my, my boy's got tricks. Look at him skate. They're like, all right, can you kick him off the curb? I was like, yep. I kick flipped off of it. I varial flipped off of it, like fourth try off the curb. And then 
they were like, okay, that's cool. We'll give you start giving you some boards. They were giving me old boards at first, like old um, used boards. Uh-huh. They're like, yeah, take this for now. And then if you progress, we'll start hooking you up. And then, uh, yeah, rest is history from there. But that's yeah. the story of seven months into skateboarding. Dude, that's crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> but think about that. I mean, back then, like, like doing kickflips and stuff like that, that's pretty rad, you know? Yeah, it wasn't like next level like it is now. It's just it, back then it was like, you know, kickflipping off like a five or six was like hammers, you know? If yeah. you did a 10 stair, you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, also too, I mean, like being sponsored, I mean, to get sponsored by a shop to do kickflips, that's pretty rad, you know? Oh, yeah, I, I got lucky, man. <laughs> I was super lucky. Yeah, and because nowadays you have to do like crazy stuff, you know, to get sponsored. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't give them a sponsor me tape either. That's the cool thing. I didn't ever give them a, a sponsor me video of me, you know, busting, busting my ass. I just was, I was literally at the skate shop every day. Dude, that's so <laughs> rad, dude. <laughs> That's so rad. And is there something that you wrote for chocolate for, for a while or what? Yeah. So I was getting stuff from Powell for a minute. And then I went to um, Pop War. Um, and then Mystery Flow for a second. This was like early on. And then yeah. chocolate, I gave Team BK. He's a rep out here in California. Um, mm -hmm. I gave him my sponsoring video. And he gave it to chocolate. He gave it to like Rick Howard and Mike Carroll. And I watched my sponsoring tape in front of them. It was pretty insane. And then uh, they were like, yeah, like we want to hook you up with boards and stuff like that. And yeah, I started getting hooked up from them for about four years, but I was only flow. And I was trying to get on the team. I was like, seriously, trying. Like, I would give them footage every week. Like, just like I was going to the furnace cage shop every day. I was like giving them footage every week, like yeah. staying on it. But I, yeah, I never really, I never got on. But yeah, I love those years, man. It was, it was cool. Good times being over there at Curl Tap. What, what, what was your whole experience like to be on chocolate? I mean, was, to know the history of it, you know, what was it like? How did you feel about it when they said, hey, we're going to flow you with chocolate? Oh, man, I was man, I was like a kid in the candy store. That was my favorite brand when I was a kid. I was like, chocolate girl, best videos. I was like, yeah, I was like blown away. Because I watched my video in front of Mike Carroll and Rick Howard, like sponsor me tape when I was a little kid. Like that we right there it? was. I was so nervous. I was sweating. <laughs> like, oh, hopefully they like it. <laughs> Who, who's your favorite skater you looked up to on, on Krell Tap? Um, Beeble. I like Brandon Beeble. He was one of the dudes that uh, – he took me under his wing, so I he instantly became one of my favorites. That's awesome, dude. And then how did you get on blind? Dude, I was skating Wallenberg Contest. So I was getting chocolate. I was skating a chocolate board at that contest, pretty much. I was on chocolate flow. And I was trying to nollie 360 off the four block. This big old four block in San Francisco. It's like one of the most landmark spots. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get buck. I was like, I need to be fully sponsored, you know? <laughs> Not this flow stuff. So I was giving it all. And I was trying Nolly 360, and uh, Phelps was there. Jake Phelps, uh, the Thrasher, helped me, RIP. And I, he was hating on me the whole contest, the whole entire contest. Oh, I remember contest. that contest. I remember that. Yeah, one. dude, I couldn't, I, I couldn't go without him, like making jokes about me every single time I went. It was crazy. And I tried to burial flip it. It didn't work out. And I started trying Nolly 360, and I started sticking them. And Phelps was still hating on me, but everyone in the crowd was like, "No, nah, Romar is tight, man. Like we need to, you need to let him skate." 
And then I seen Bill Weiss like stand up for me. He was like, look, Phelps, you need to back up. You know what I mean? And I didn't know he was the blind team manager at that time. But I was just like hyped that Weiss would stand up for me like that. You know, he did all the digital videos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, after that contest, I was like, you know what, dude? Like, I might have to switch sponsors. And I told Jared from Bone, Jared Lucas, this guy, he runs for uh, the team manager for Bones. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to get my footage to, to blind. Not knowing Weiss was the team for blind, not knowing he was at that contest, he saw my footage. And the next, literally like eight hours after he sent the email, he emailed me back, was like, look, we want to hook you up. Like, we're down. Like, yes. Like, when can we start? And I was like, whoa, like, this is crazy, you know? And Blind was one of my favorite, uh, is one of my favorite board companies, just from that Reaper alone. Yeah. The graphic. But, yeah, I was, from that contest, things worked out. I didn't even land any tricks. <laughs> I just got. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, you know, you got on Furnace for doing kick flips and barrel flips and pot shove it, and then you got Blind. You know, because we stood it up for you and saw your videotape. That's pretty fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm hyped, man. I mean, I was still, you know, I, I was ripping as, as much as I could. But I, at those contests, I didn't land anything. I just happened to be at the right spot at the right time, I guess. You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Like, I mean, you know, from, you know, Ryan for three good company, you know, companies, you know, Furnace Gate Shop, Chocolate, now Blind. I mean, that's just, that's amazing, you know? Yeah, I'm blessed, man. I'm so hyped. And and, and how long did it took you to be turned pro for Blind? Um, See, they wanted to turn me pro right after I dropped this part called This Is Not A Test. Um, that was a, congratulations on that. That was a dope. I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but that was a dope ass video. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a really good video. But they wanted to turn me pro right after that. But I got on, I was on S footwear. I was about to turn M for them, mm-hmm. but um, they went out of business. So I got on Supra. And so Supra wanted to market me as an AM for a little while. So I had to work up the rank with Supra. There was a brand new company. And I put in a lot of work for both. And then it was the right time. So around a year and a half, two years after I got on blind, I turned pro. So yeah, that's so rad. And yeah. tell us about tell us about the feeling when you turn pro for blind. You know, of of a company that was you know started from Mark Gonzalez, Jason Lee has so much history of Ronnie Craiger, like so much history of it, and now you're part of that history with blind. You know, because you, you've been there with them for like how long? Like ten years or something, or eight yeah. years. 2009, eight, nine, or Something 11? Like no, I know, like 11, actually. Yeah, almost, almost a decade. So yeah, might so be yeah. about a decade for sure. Yeah, because you, because you're one of the, one of the, you know, you're, you're one of those looked at as one of those guys, you know, on blind. You know, how tell us how that feeling was to know like turning pro for a company that's well respected. You know, man, it's I don't even have words for it, man. That's it's it's. it's it's nostalgic to the company and it's like mind blowing to me that I'm able to still be on something so nostalgic as, as that company. And knowing that Mark Gonzalez, Jason Lee, these guys are like incredible human beings, mm-hmm. um, you know, be a part of something they started. It's just like, and it's still going is, is, is incredible. Yeah, that's rad. And, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, you're killing it. I mean, your video part, you know, you know, I know you're doing music and, more in focus, a little more focus on music and a little bit of skating. But I mean, 
you're just killing it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Man. That's all I'm saying. You're just killing it, man. Like, <laughs> you know, when, when just to see your like clips on Instagram, just you just busting us parks and stuff. Just hey, I'm, I'm gonna throw a couple tricks on here. He's like, dude, Romar has the steez, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's funny. And, and another question too: Do you feel like like the industry doesn't give you that much? Props, or or not just you, but the whole blind team. A lot of props for for so much talent you guys have. Man, yeah, like in a sense, for sure. Um, you know, I've been fighting my whole life to get to somewhere I, I wanted to be. You know what I mean? And it's uh, still a fight, but um, yeah, the industry kind of looks at things a certain way. It's very clicky, of course. You know, it's always got your cool guys and your, you know, the other guys. You know what I mean? And there's another yeah. group of people. Um, you know, Blind had its time where it was super cool, like nostalgic in the 90s, you know what I mean? Early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And then it, went, it died down and then it came back up. But then all these other new companies started. So it's just, I don't know, it's like a big old saturation of things. But, you know, we've always done what we can. I don't know why industry picks and chooses like that. But, um, you know, I, I just try to stay out of the cool group. I want to be somewhere in the middle. I don't ever want to be like too cool or too because that that always falls off, you know. Yeah, that's why Blind has been so relevant. I feel like for so long because they've never they've been cool, but they also stayed in the middle ground, and they they haven't reached the bottom level or nothing. You know what I mean? It's it's still like a top top uh, graphic and board company when you when you think of Blind. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, you think of blind nowadays. I mean, of you know what, twenty twenty, they think of you, TJ Rogers. Um, uh, who else? I mean, that's the only ones I actually remember. You know, now I think of that kind of in my head when someone says blind. I think of you two. You know, and you yeah, just that's turned, what's his name? Just pro um, from um, Morocco. Oh, yeah, Nassim. Yeah. Yeah. He's dude, he's dope. That dude's ill, dude. That's, that's yeah. congratulations on that, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got Cody McIntyre, Mickey Papa, uh, TJ Rogers, myself, um, Mike P.O.R., who's an amateur. Um, we got um, Nassim uh, Sora, this this kid from Japan. Uh, he kills contests, Sora Shirai. Uh, he's, he rips. Um, yeah, we're just, building a, we're just building the team again, you know, trying to build it um, every so often. Yeah. And, and plus, too, having a team manager like Bill Weiss, I mean, that's just, that's, that's something good to have, you know? Yeah. Bill Weiss, Mr. Naked 540, man. <laughs> <laughs> Has he done that for you guys in the, in the past? <laughs> I told I told him I don't, I don't ever want to see that. <laughs> you can post all the photos he wants to on Instagram of him doing the naked, naked 540 or whatever. I'm like, bro, I just don't want to see that in person. Oh, I got stories. I got stories with Weez, but that's between me and Weez. Yeah, I bet you do. He's a wild man. I love Weez, dude. He's good. What, He's what's a good, a good memory you have like on tour with Weez? Like any one of the best memories you ever have? Oh, actually, the beginning of my this is not a test part. I was trying to nollie back hill the Santa Monica triple set, and there is people. You know how Santa Monica triple set is. It's yeah. just crazy, but um. There's this dude walking his dogs. And every time I went, he would be like, this kid's going to break his fucking neck. He's going to die. Like, he's going to hurt himself. <laughs> and trying a trick like that is just so, like, gnarly, you know? You're like, maybe I might break something, but please get this guy out of here, you know? Yeah. And we, 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 like, took, a, took the stand again. 
and was like, look, dude, take your dogs and get the fuck out of here. Stand over there and just worry about your dogs, you know? And they were going back and forth for a minute, but he, they got it all on film. And it's just so funny how he shuts down this guy with the dogs, man. It's just so hilarious. And, like, he ended up going away, and I ended up landing the trick, I think, like, two tries later. And it, we were just like, take that, you fucking dickhead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's always one of the guys that stand. He stands up for everybody, bro. I've I never seen somebody do, like, like that, you know? He takes, he takes the charge. Yeah, he does, dude. Luis is the best, dude. He is the best. I love that guy, man. Yeah. I love that guy. Definitely do, man. And, and so what else you guys – what's planned for flying? Anything special or anything going on or video part? Um, Dude, I've been skating a lot lately just because of this COVID thing has shut down all DJing and music stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can't really do any of that. So it's like I'm going back to my, like, first love is skateboarding. So – I've been feeling really good on my board and I do want to go film another part. I'm just trying to figure out the, the best way to go about this. Yeah. Try to be a thrasher part. I know we wants to maybe do another blind video, but that's all up in the air right now. Dude, that'd be sick. Another blind part, dude. That'd be insane. <laughs> it would be dope. I was thinking about it. Like, yeah, that would be, it would be, it'd be good. No one's seen a blind video in, in some odd years, even though they were coming out every year and a half before. What, what was the last one? <laughs> I think it was IOU. Yeah, because that was was that the one y'all introduced uh, TJ Rogers, or was that after that? It, no, it was when we introduced Yuri for cheat. Uh, no, not Yuri. Um, Yuto. Yuto, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that was the last one. I can't remember. I I've forgotten a lot of what's happened before. <laughs> you're, there's you're been so many videos. Guy, there's been so many videos, man. I just been like, oh, I don't even know which one which one's which anymore. <laughs> uh, so so are they gonna allow you guys skate uh take the do tour? Because I mean you guys won do tour like what three in a row, two in a row or something like that? Yeah, I think two or three in a row, something like that. Dude, um, that was crazy, dude. Like you guys shut down a lot of big names. Big companies. You know, you know what's crazy? Blind also won King of the Road, and they never got. They never invited them back. They never invited us back. I wasn't on the team yet, but Jake Duncombe, like, and all those guys were on the squad, and they won that. And I don't know why they never invited Blind back to the King of the Road. But then uh, are they? Uh, they didn't invite you guys back for Mountain for Dew Tour this last year. Yeah, Did I don't they? know. No, they, I don't think so. <laughs> They're afraid of you guys, dude. Like, dude. I, they really are, man. It's that see, that's the industry, man. They're, they're afraid of us. <laughs> they're afraid of the good, the people that are too good. Well, you know, you know, you know it's just, you know, the industry is just, it's just crazy, dude. It's just, you know, like they, they pick and choose who they want, you know, what to win things, and this and that. You know what I mean? And, and they don't give respect to people like you and TJ, and and there's so many different other skaters out there that kill it you know they, they just don't get the respect you know unless they like you know big part of the cool guy club or part of this club or that club or you hang out with this person or you film with this person or something it's it's, it's not what skateboarding is about you know what i mean yeah, exactly man it's and i think that's the whack part you know i i feel like skateboarding would be so so much bigger and better if they got the people that like actually rip you know what i mean like there's people that everyone rips but it's so clicky and, and friend like 
they want to put the friends on the team and that's cool and all, but we need the diversity and we need to get people that, you know, actually could make skateboarding become fun. bigger. Yeah. Fun and bigger. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's sad. You know what I mean? Some days, some days I look at it and I'm like, dude, why is it this person turned pro? <laughs> who's this person? You know what I mean? No, no hate on the dude. You might rip other people's yeah. eyes. I'm just like, who is this guy? You know, like I've never heard of this person before, you know? And that's the day in today's day and age. Like you don't have to do anything. I feel like to turn pro, you just have to be a nice person and and smile and and respond to your fans on Instagram and you turn pro. That's how I see it now. You, you just gotta have like twenty million people following you and and you're turn pro. Yeah, it's like what is what is this? You know, this is not how skateboarding. You're supposed to pay your dues. That's with any sport, though. You know, or anything, you gotta pay your dues. Yeah, you know, you don't, you you don't even have a video part anymore. Like no one puts out a like. I, I've seen a couple of people turn pro without putting out a video part. And I'm just like, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm with you on that, dude. I'm totally with you on that, man. <laughs> so, so a little change of subject a little bit. Music. So how, what got you into the music? You know, it's crazy. I've been, I've been a fan of music and I've been having my ear to music for since I was a little kid. So me and my sister, um, she's a little older than me, but you know, back then with cassette tapes, um, we used to see who had the best mix recording off the radio. Mm-hmm. So I would go like Power 106 or you know, the 90 the LA radio stations out here and just combine all these songs that I felt like were good. And we'd come back a week later and see who had the best mix. So that's a form of DJing right there, yeah, straight off cassettes, you know. So I've always had that ear for that, and then finally, I got. Uh, my own turntables and um, mixer. And I just learned from there, like, oh, this is exactly how, how cassettes were. You know, it's a little more buttons and stuff, but literally from just doing the cassette thing, that's what got me into DJing and, and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome to think, like, because I remember I used to make mixtapes all the time. You know what I mean? I used to, like, stay up every day, all night, like, my little cassette tapes of, like, Raekwon or whatever, you know, like hip hop and. You know, and then I just mix it up a little bit. Like, okay, this song's awesome. I got, but I got to make sure this song goes with this song. You know, exactly. Yep, for sure. And that's yeah, that's exactly how you know DJing is it's the same exact thing. Yeah, because you and, want you got you want it to go and blend smoothly. And and do and so deep so like I tried turntables. You know, my a bunch of had a bunch of homies that did turntables, and you know, and it was it was hard. You know, that it's hard to do. You know, like how did you learn? Did you like teach yourself for like twenty four like twenty four seven or was it like two or three days you was like ah oh, I'm good at this you know? <laughs> I mean I've tried like budget turntables since I was like seventeen you know, like eighteen nineteen mm-hmm. and I just would play around with it I never was serious with it but like even when you mess around with it you still learn something you know and then finally I took the time and just was like you know I'm gonna actually learn so I got like a good budget or like a better system and i learned the equalizations and mixing and blending and bpms and you know um matching beat matching everything and then i i was like oh, okay that's that's djing if you want to take it to the next level that's on you and so i just stayed up 24 7 just putting my whole library to use and adding these cue points to these songs where i know exactly where to bring them in and just getting creative in my own way and that's what like took me to the next level was when I started getting really creative with it. That's awesome, dude. Like, I mean, that's just, 
I don't know, because I remember, like, I'd be, like, trying to scratch, and then you got that little, like, knob thing, you're trying to move back and forth, and, like, trying to, ch- you know, I'm just like, dude, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, challenging, I man. Don't get me wrong, I love music. I, I, I have so much respect for for you know DJs and stuff like that. I mean, I I mean I've seen been to a lot of hip hop shows and you know DJ shows where you know like I can't remember the, the group. It was like I think the best DJ show I went to. They were out there. They're hip hop artists and they're uh, I want to say they're like seven of them. There's seven guys and they all DJ it differently. And I can't remember the name of the group of it. Ah oh, shit! It's, it's I can't. My mind just went blank on them. But yeah, it was a, it was a great show because. Each one of them had their own style, and they and they communicate through it. Like they had words, like they had they knew what where to put the words they want to say. So if they want to say help, and they're like help, the H E L. You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I mean? It's just so rad how they did that, dude. I was just like, yo, how they do that? Like how you know where each word is on that record? You know what I mean? Like that's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of preparation, you know what I mean? Like, those guys are more turntablists, so they'll have their own, you know, cue points how they do it. So they color correct their, their records and, you know, put that somewhere. But it, things are, a lot of things are digital now, so you can just put the cue point. So, like, letter A will start on help or on H, and then E will be letter B, and then L will be letter C, and then P will be letter D. So you have it all organized right at the fingertips, pretty much. And all you got to do is press, like, A, B, or C, which one you want to go to, and be like, Help, you know, help, you know, however you want to do it. <laughs> I, I was just crazy, dude. I, I just, I just I have so much respect for DJs, man. Like, just the talent, you know, all musicians, you know, guitar singers, whatever. But DJs is just, I don't know, man. It's, that's just skills. <laughs> yeah, man. Some people could take it to the next level. You know what I mean? I'm not like at like a DJ premiere type level. You know what I mean? Like, he can do some crazy stuff, but, uh, you know, I do I do what I can in the way that I, I like to do it. You know what I mean? And I, I spend like a lot of uh, electronic music with hip hop. Uh-huh. So there's different ways to get creative with that. And, and you're pretty big in the DJ world, aren't you? No, man. That, a lot of people no? think that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. But it's just cool because people will make my name bigger by saying that. <laughs> but I'm actually still like trying to get my foot in the door in a way. Okay, cause I, cause I thought you, cause I know I was telling you me talk, you you were like on tours in like Israel or somewhere, you know? Yeah, but I I DJ for a rapper named Hobson, so oh, that, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that 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 definitely helps for sure. How was that, dude? It's dope, man. So I, I'm able to you know be his personal DJ. So we go on tour, and every show, you know, I, I start off with my little like 15 minute mix, and then I bring him in. So I'm an MC on top of being a DJ and then, you know, I'm his hype man. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> that's, that's that girl calling you. Where you at? <laughs> Where you at, Romar? You're supposed to be over here in like two minutes, go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, so you're, so you're MC too? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not like the best. I, I had to come into this like fully not knowing how to do any of this stuff. So Hops, I met Hopson at, uh, at the bar. It's called Black Bar in, in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And we clicked, we vibed. You know, he's a skateboarder too and everything like that. But the next day he's like, he, he hit me up on DM. He's like, yo, my DJ just quit. Like, uh, would you like to be my DJ? And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, you know, took the, took the yes right away. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
but not knowing what it what, what it takes to be a, a hip hop uh a personal DJ but a, a rapper DJ, you know? Damn. And so my first show was with like I think it was somewhere like on the uh Midwest somewhere, I forgot where, but it was like Ludacris, B.O.B., some other crazy girl artist, and Hobson. But Hobson was like pretty much the headliner under uh below Ludacris. No way. Um, so, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. You had to play with Ludacris watching you, dude. Uh, I, I don't know if he watched our set, but he was definitely there, you know, maybe in the Were green. <laughs> Man, dude, I'm telling you, dude, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, bro, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, I'm a skateboarder. I don't know what I'm doing here. But as soon as, like, I, I got on stage, um, before that, I was pacing back and forth. Like, bro, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how to bring out Hobson. And I'm asking his manager, I'm like, what do I, like, how do I bring up Hobson? They're like, just, just say, you know. Are you guys ready for Hobson? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's it? They're like, yeah, you, you got it. I'm like, I need more direction. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I called my sister. I'm like calling my sister. I'm like, hey, sis, I'm scared. I don't know what, what to do. She's like, you got it. Like, just, just have faith. You got it. And so I, I went on YouTube. I watched, like, some of his old videos with past DJ, like, how he, how he got brought in. Because he was doing interviews and stuff, you know what I mean? So I couldn't really talk with him. Mm-hmm. And so I watched how they brought him in, and it was like the old DJ would be like, "Are you ready for Hobson? I need y'all to make some motherfucking noise, like real hype." You know what I mean? So I was like, "All right, I got this." So I, I like as soon as we're all set up to go, I plug my stuff in, I grab the mic, and I'm like, "Are you guys? Are you guys ready for Hobson?" Like I choked at first, and I just got it ready, and I was like, "Oh, I got this." You know what I mean? I got this. And then we just I brought him out. And I didn't know at that time how to read. Like, he has a bunch of lyrics that mm-hmm. pause. Like, you're supposed to take the fader and, and bring it down when he says, like, it's punchline. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I had to do all that. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't know. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, like, just standing there playing, press, pressing play on each track, pretty much. I didn't know what to do. And then I learned eventually, like, oh, okay, I need to do this at this punchline. I'm glad that he was an artist that would walk me through it, though, after that. Because I had, he just wanted me to be his DJ. That's all I thought he wanted me to do. I didn't know he wanted me to get creative and stuff like that. Okay. And then, yeah. That's, now we're like, we're like, we're like A and B pretty much. <laughs> we're that's like, good. Yeah, we're that's good. That's awesome. And, and like, that's just crazy, man. Just, you know, like, just jump out there and like, hey, here you go. You're my DJ. And you're like, oh, shit, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, bro, there was like there was literally like fifteen thousand people in the crowd, and it was and, so gnarly. And, and knowing that your ludicrous is probably literally watching you guys, you know, and you know he is yeah. <laughs> on the screen and screen in this little VIP room watching yeah. you guys smoking a blunt and just like, yeah, I, I like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> man. The first, I want to say, the first like five to ten shows were so nerve wracking for me. Because I have never experienced something like that ever. You know, I was DJing little like clubs here and there, but I didn't mm-hmm. have to be on the mic. I didn't have to like say anything. All I had to do was just perform, you know? But this took me to a whole mm-hmm. nother level where I had to dive in head first and I was just like blown away by the results. You know, it wasn't easy. It was definitely scary, man. It was probably one of the most scariest things I've ever had to do. But, you know, after conquering that, I was like, man, I can DJ anywhere now. Like it's, it's no problem. <laughs> so do you, do so do you do you get your shows? Do you get a lot of skaters that come out to your shows? They know that you're DJing at you know at, a, at a, one of his concerts and stuff. 
Yeah, man, I, definitely on the uh, the European tours or anywhere on the East Coast, even West Coast tours. There's always like 10, 15 skaters at at his show, and they're like so hyped. You know what I mean? That you know, a, a pro, pro skater is actually one of their favorite rappers, DJ. So it's pretty that's sick. A, that's awesome. And how was it in Israel, dude? Bro, that place is sick, man. I wanted to stay there longer. I wanted to go to Jerusalem, and I wanted to go to like all those you know, biblical places. You know what I mean? But like being there was just so insane i felt like i was in like america for a second because it's it's kind of similar in a way in a weird way but you know I, I, we i deal with a lot of sorry to interrupt you but yeah i deal with a lot of israel skaters and filmers out there and they send me a bunch of stuff all the time dude and like dude they got so many good skate parks out there dude it's ridiculous they do huh they do and and the skate scene out there is like huge so if you ever want to go just let me know and i can hook you up with the right people yeah, bro, I want to go back there for sure. I want to go see a bunch of uh, cool spots in Israel. It's just, yeah, a, it's just like a, such a you know nostalgic place, you know. Just being there, just like whoa, this is biblical times. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, this been around for a minute. <laughs> well, well, while touring, what was your, other than Israel? What was your other favorite place to travel to? Dude, I love Australia. I love that place. I like um, uh, Amsterdam. I like. Dude, I like the European countries. That's my that's my favorite places to be. I just love the accents over there. Oh really? Yeah. All all the girls hit you up, right? <laughs> yeah, that that too. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, when you got some European chick that's speaking, you know, British or whatever, to you, you're like, hey, what's up, girl? <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> that's right, dude. Like. That's awesome. You know, think about it. And you know, I was just thinking about listening. I was listening to you while you're talking. I was thinking it's like it's crazy how you know if you really think about it, skateboarding kind of got you in that way with DJing the music. You know what I mean? Because you know, with skateboarding, you're the same way too. Where you know, we're all the same way. It was when we first start jumping on the board, we're going to hit that handrail, or whatever. We get nervous and scared. But then you know, but once we hit it, it's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, most definitely, man. That def definitely skateboarding prepared me to be, you know, a, a better DJ and to be a, a not as afraid. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm not gonna lie. That first being on the mic was just terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. And that many people. Oh man, I'm not like a public speaker. I'm not like a good public speaker, anyways. Like, I never really got to do all that. So being thrown uh -huh. head first definitely just sparked some new like area in my brain where I was like, whoa, I tapped into some new new K Rose stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh I'm I'm good. Like I can do I can do anything now. <laughs> so so has it has anybody hit you up just to go do like a like one of those like big Vegas DJ shows or anything like that? See that's what I was working towards. So right before the COVID hit, man, I was on a roll. I had so many things lined up. You know, I had the do tour set the Mountain Dew tour. I had just done LeBron James' son's basketball game tournament. Wait, hold, wait, hold on. What? Yeah. So, man. So, I want to say January-ish, uh -huh. I, I got an offer to, to DJ LeBron James' son's basketball tournament at Pepperdine. No way, dude. And, bro, man, it was so insane. It was so many people at that. It was packed out. It was sold out. It was like. All types of celebrities there. It was Big Boy from neighbor Big Boy's neighborhood was up there. Um, you know, DL Hook, Hughley, um, all these comedians. And then I I'm like setting up, I'm like DJing pregame and everything like that. 
And I know these kids were like, I know LeBron's going to be here, blah, 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 blah. But I was like waiting to see if he really is going to show up. Uh-huh. So they set me up. They set the DJ booth right next to LeBron. So, <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, it was so tight. I see LeBron James walk through the side door where, like, no one is. So he's walking in. He, he comes down. His wife comes down. So his wife is right next to the DJ table. LeBron is right next to his wife. So he's, like, two centimeters away from me pretty much. Two inches. And then next thing I know, I see Drake walk in. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes. Like, this is tight. So Drake walked in. It's right next to LeBron, pretty much. And then they got their whole entourage right on the floor seat, pretty much. And I'm like, dang, I'm really DJing for, like, everybody right now. <laughs> it's crazy. Were you nervous? <laughs> no, I was not nervous at all. That's that's the cool part, because I got set up from all these other DJ gigs to be, like, real confident with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I told I told one of the guys that was working there, I was like, if, um, if any celebrity comes, I'm going to play their song, whatever. So Drake walks in, and I, the second timeout goes, I start playing a Drake song. But at, before it drops, I think it was like In My Feelings, the song called In My Feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before it drops, I, I have a DJ tag that goes, DJ Romar. I put that on. It's like, DJ Romar. And then it goes right into his song. And then, they, and then they all look towards me. And I'm like, yes. And, I, and there's like a whole video of it on like floating around on on social media of that that clip it's so sick i'm like dude heck yeah man <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you did you have the dreads or did you have the fro i had dreads it was oh, this okay. january yeah, i was this jan- this past january yeah okay, but, uh, okay yeah i was man I, I was on so after that i was like had so many things lined up i was like all right i'm gonna really do i'm gonna really do this dj stuff you know i'm i really got um, I had so many cool gigs even before the LeBron Drake thing. I was like, that's like my foot in the door to really push this thing. And then COVID hit, and then, like I said before, it shut down. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. But dude, so was so or LeBron cool? Like, did you meet him? Did you talk to the dude or what? Um, I talked to his wife for like a second, not like that, but just talked to his wife. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. You're hard at LeBron James' wife? Like, what's up, girl? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> nah, so, like, okay, so when halftime hit, all these kids were, like, fan, like, oh, my gosh. Like, LeBron's probably one of the, the biggest superstars in the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when halftime hit, all these kids rushed down to meet LeBron, but they wouldn't let him. But they were cramming the DJ booth, and Drake and LeBron are, like, standing on, like, the court side and everything right next to me. And, like, I couldn't even move at that point. But these kids knocked down one of the Coca-Cola bottles that was on the DJ booth, uh-huh. and it spilled, and LeBron's wife's purse was on the table. Oh. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, man. Like, oh, no. And I, I, I moved it, and I tapped her. I was like, hey, uh, your, your purse got soaked with Coca-Cola. She's like, she looked at the purse, and she just moved it over a little bit. Didn't even care. Like, didn't even care. <laughs> Bro, it was. It, I think it was like a fifty thousand dollar purse too. <laughs> she's probably. She's probably like. She, she was probably like, nah, I ain't worried about. It. I got like six of these at home, man. They ain't no big. Literally, problems. it didn't even it didn't even phase her. And I was like, well, at least I tried, you know, like to warn her about it. 
That's funny, dude. But so, I couldn't even I couldn't even get to LeBron or Drake. I, I didn't even know what to how to even approach that, you know. But, but I kind of, sorry, go that? ahead. No, I was saying, what kind of music did you have to play? Oh, uh, I played all like top forty hits. You know what I mean? Just all okay. the hip hop bangers of today. But um, yeah, I'm in LeBron. I was in LeBron's story a bunch of times. Like him and his wife would take selfies, and I'm like right in the corner DJing and like right next to him. It's pretty cool. I got tagged so much throughout that whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> You're photobombing the, the their videos. <laughs> yeah, bro. There's some cool photos, man. Drake, LeBron, and like me right next to them, like just looking at, towards the game and all the action shots. I'm like, dang, that's for, that's dope, man. Those are memories right there. How, how'd you get that gig? Like, you knew somebody that hooked you up, or what? So I DJ for Pepperdine University for the sports teams there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all really cool there. So they they had a tournament for LeBron's James um, son at Pepperdine. So they're just like. Since you're our DJ, would you like to do, you know, their game? I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, no problem. <laughs> For sure. And they're like, all right, cool. We'll see you tomorrow. It was literally the day before. And then the lady that sets everything up was like, she's like, you're going to be so happy where we set you up. I was like, uh-oh, what, do you, what you got? And she put me right next to LeBron. And I was like, you, I gave her a big old hug after. I was like, you're the best. Like, so hype. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, dude. I'm so happy for you, man. That, that you felt you probably felt like a little kid in the candy store, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm still buzzing off that. Like that's like a never-ending buzz for sure. <laughs> hey, that's a that's a that's a memory, dude. Like, cause you think, cause you gotta think about it. Like, you know, like when we when we see like we're skaters, you know, and you we hang, you know, we know so many pro skaters and Tony Hawk or whatever, whatever. All these big name people, we know all these people. To us, it's like whatever. You know what I mean? And then, but we go out and meet somebody like LeBron James or Drake or some famous person. We're like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, whoa, this is so-and-so. <laughs> For real, man. It's a shock. It's just like, a, a wow. I can't believe I'm sitting, sitting next to this person right now. You know, I'm trying my best, like, not to be, like, starstruck. But I'm trying uh-huh. to, like, create Instagram stories. And I'm, like, trying to get LeBron in them. You know what I mean? Like, low-key. But don't want to seem like a creep. You know, like, oh, shit. <laughs> Hey, how many girls? Hey, how many girls you got hit hit you up after all this after playing there? <laughs> man, it was, I got hit up by a lot of people, man. It was, it was, that was crazy. <laughs> That's right, dude. I'm so happy for you, man. And and another question too is like, how do you pick your music? Bro, I got I I search music like I I love to do that. So I have all these playlists just set up with top forties or like EDM stuff or you know, the dubstep stuff, like anything that is dope, like I have it all situated. So I, I, I have the ear to, you know, gravitate towards certain moods and I understand energies in a weird way. That's like the science of DJ. Mm-hmm. So when I'm playing a song and I'm like, all right, this crowd likes this song, that makes me know the next song will be similar to that, but, but a different type of energy, but still like, whoa, this is dope. Who is this DJ? You know what I mean? It's just a science to it. And, and do you pick like, do you go through like jazz? You just like do a mixer of everything, like a little bit of jazz, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, or? No, no, it depends, man. Like, so if I'm at a basketball game, like it has to be all like top energy, like big energy, you know, rather it be hip hop, rather it be like a, a turn up song, something that just like gets people, the crowd yelling and, and people running to 
see what's the next play, you know? Even when timeouts go on, I, I have to play like a, like a subtle song, but it might still be something with a little bit more energy. But as far as jazz tracks, that's more of like an older crowdish, I feel like, mm-hmm. which I don't really do too much. But, you know, I do got the jazz tracks, so for sure. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, I love jazz. So do you mix a little bit? Of, so do you mix a little bit of jazz with a little bit of like, like with like? I know you say you do tech, but do you also do a little bit of hip hop with it too, or what? With with uh jazz? Oh yeah, have you, have you ever tried that with like hip hop with jazz or anything like that, or or? Well, like all the old hip hop songs, like all the DJ Premier, Big L's, and stuff like that, they all sample jazz. Okay. So yeah, I, I'll throw in you know I'll throw in some Big L, I'll throw in some Biggie, I'll throw anything with DJ Premier, you know, or Jay Dilla. They all sample um jazz tracks so that all incorporates into whatever you want to do pretty much that's sick dude that's pretty awesome man and and like do you so you mix your own stuff too right your own beats and everything or no i create i I make my own music for sure but i create a lot of edits so if i want a song that could like say i want a drake song to go into a soldier boy song I can edit that into making it to where it's, it's easier for me so I don't have to like dig through the, and find it. Uh-huh. I can go from one hype song to another hype song, but it, all in one song. So it's all together. And I'll just name it like a DJ Romar edit. Dude, that's sick, dude. And I don't mind you put it on a spot. Show me a sample, dude. Put you it on where? Yeah, you got a sample to play? A, a sample? Is that like a, a online thing? Yeah, yeah, you can throw, you got you got a little something you can play for us, like a little little a sample. Oh, or oh, a sample. Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, let's hear something of yours, man. You want to hear like a, a regular feed, or do you want to hear? You know what? Surprise us. Let's see. Let's see. Um. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be your, your MC. Yo, coming up. DJ, DJ Romar. <laughs> I'll play you a beat that I just I sampled the other day. All right. All right, let me see. I find it real quick. All right. Oh shit. I like that. Oh, that's a sample right there, man. I can't play the whole thing. I steal it. Oh, uh, yeah. When you steal that, dude, you know, someone's going to have SoundCloud up to, the, up to the thing. Like, oh, what song is that, dude? Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's a, that's, a, that's a good beat, dude. I like that, man. Good, like right? It's like real jazzy, smooth. Yeah. So do you got any projects you're working on or, or anything? Yeah, I just... So I produced everything, but um, I just released a uh, song. It's an EDM song called Goat with my boy okay. Ponzu. Um, my boy Ponzu. It's it's released on this label called 40 Ounce Colt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like a, a nice bass house. It's like a real like uh, four to the floor, like dancey song. Um, yeah, we just came out with that. And that's uh, that's it as far as those type of projects. I'm working on a Red Bull GoPro skate part edit for Seva Krokov and TJ Rogers right now. 
What? I can't wait to see that and listen to that. <laughs> so yeah. hold on, go, go go back a little bit. Where can people um, get that? Download it? Can they download it on Apple, I, iTunes, or uh, Spotify, or anything like that to get that um, that beat, that new track of yours, or whatever single? That one, um, the one I just played you, you can't get that. That's only not that one. The, one. the one that you just that was only. <laughs> no, um, the song I just uh, the song Goat. Yeah, you can get yeah. it on all streaming platforms. You can get it on Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, and all the other ones you'll listen to. It's available now, so check that out. And and, and what's the name again they, they got to look up for? It's called Goat. Like, I'm the goat. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I threw that in there to get you. I wanted to hear you say that, I'm the goat. <laughs> no, literally the words are in the song that he's saying that the whole, the whole time. So. All right. <laughs> I have, to, I have to look that up on my Spotify. I am the goat. No, nah, I'm just joking. I'm the goat. <laughs> yeah, type in Andrew Romar and type in goat. You'll you'll hear it. it's a dancey song, man. I don't know if you're into like EDM, but I'm not. But hey, I'm down. To, I'm down to support the homies, dude. You know, for sure, for sure. <laughs> that's funny, dude. But that's awesome, dude. Like, dude, you're doing so great, dude. I'm so proud of you, man. Like, seriously, dude. Like, you're you're fucking killing it. Like. You know, your skating always, your music. I mean, just know more about your music and what and how listen to you talk passionate with it. It's fucking awesome, man. Like, especially nowadays, you know what I mean? Especially this, not nowadays, but during this time, like, we all need something good in our lives. You know what I mean? Like, good music or good stuff, good skating or whatever, you know, because it's crazy out there right now, you know? Yeah, man, it's so crazy. You know, you have to have a different outlet, I feel like, too. Especially nowadays, you know, like skating is not going to always cut it these days just because all these brands are, are definitely dying and they don't have the, the funds to pay everybody. So having another outlet that can, you know, you, you could use that to your advantage definitely helps. And do you think, do you, do you, you know, a lot of skaters should be doing that, like finding a different outlet? Because, you know, it is true. Like, I mean, the industry is, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the industry after this pandemic because it's thinning out. You know, I hear I'm hearing brands are shutting down, you know, closing doors, people, you know, brand, you know, some brands can't deliver boards or can't get boards and wheels or stuff in. It's, it's, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, man. I feel like after this pandemic, it's, it's just going to test the real skateboarder, the real human being, you know what I mean? In all aspects and DJing or whatever it may be that self-employed, you're going to, you have to really find another passion or find make a business or something that's going to help you, you know, come out of this strong. And if skaters aren't doing that right now and they're, they're hoping and wishing that it'll get better soon. Like you, you're, you're like hoping and wishing for it. Like not, it's not going to happen soon. That's not, like really real talk. It's not. So I feel like you got to definitely find something else. You know what I mean? While you still skateboard though, cause things could clear up. I don't know. Like, I don't know where it could, you know, but definitely having a backup helps for sure. No, hundred percent agree on that. And and you just dropped a board like last week, man. And tell us a little about this board that you dropped. Yeah, so you've seen uh, all what's going on in the world, racism and systemic racism, and you know all these people, all black people, dying horrifically from the hands of police. I had to, man. I had to make a board that's definitely dedicated to Black Lives Matter. Not the organization, but just like Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? And I put um, a graphic of myself um, with the afro, with the pick in it. that has like the Black Power fist in it. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom, it says uh, 
uh, underneath it says Black Lives Matter. And then on the front of the board, it has the justice for all the people that have died from the hands of police. And I thought it was just necessarily necessary to put a board out like that, you know what I mean? Regardless of how anybody feels about it, like you have to take a stand for something. And I felt like this this board is meant for all of that. Mm -hmm. No, definitely, definitely. I saw that. I was like, dude, that's a that's a good board, dude. You know, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely something I can need to hang on my wall. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> tell Weez, Weez, I need that board to hang on my wall, man. <laughs> for sure, man. I, I I was like, man, I I was going. I'm pretty vocal with the whole you know, the whole movement of what's going on. And it just, every time I kept seeing a murder happen, um, it just did something to me, man. Every time I was like, man, this is terrible, man. And I just, you know, I started getting really like depressed at a point. I was like, man, like really black people are really dying. I don't care about any statistic or whatever that it may be. I'm looking at it through the lens of another filmer of what's happening. And I'm watching a horrific murder. No one's supposed to see murders like that in general. You know what I mean? No. At all. So seeing that, like like every day seemed like it, it definitely messed up my psyche and i was like bro I, I have to do something for the for the culture for the people you know just drop this board and i called Weiss about it he called me actually and was like like we want to do something like we, we know that where you stand and everything like that but we're, we're willing to work with you and and put out a board if or whatever you want to do just let us know so we came up with that idea with the board and and we made it we made it happen and it sold out in the first like four hours we no way. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations, dude. That's yeah, fucking man. awesome. <laughs> but none, none of the money goes to me. None of the none of the profits go to me. It all goes to Color of Change organization and, and it goes to um putting um money back into the community so that no one has to die on the hands of police, pretty much. No, no it's yeah. fucking crazy, dude. Like it's it's the oh, I don't know there's been like so many ones after many other ones, but I think the one that most stand out of me is there's a dude getting shot in the back seven times by a cop, and it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, how did you guys learn your lesson? Like, it's been six, seven months of protesting, and like, cops haven't you guys been watching this? And they don't yeah. care, you know? How are you gonna shoot somebody seven times? And yeah. then you watch, you watch another video of like another person uh, that's not black walking away or just intimidating a cop, and they don't get shot at all. So yeah. you're like putting. You're like, what is really going on in this world with police? Yeah, it's it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, to me, it's, I don't know. To me, it feels like it's like they're doing this in a political way of, of like trying to make something about it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, but they're doing it the wrong way, you know, by, by killing a black man or a human being or whatever other people want to see it as. You know what I mean? But but yeah. it's, it's just, it's just it's fucking insane. It's like. I never seen I've never seen that person in, in eyes, you know what I mean? But see it now, like you said, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm a victim of police brutality too. I was on an S trip, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, I, was, I was with like Scuba Steve and the rest of the S footwear team, and they singled they singled me out. They uh, profiled me, and I was the youngest one on this on the on the team at the time, and I ended up getting I got choked out just ex exactly what you're seeing on on. You know, all these murders and, and people right now with police, they did the exact same thing to me. And it was in the same town that George Floyd got murdered at in Minnesota. And the, I remember the police, they put their forearm, it wasn't a knee, but they put their forearm on my neck and I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. And I'm sitting there saying, I can't breathe. 
and all the, the rest of the team is is like around watching this like i can't believe this is happening you know what i mean but to me i'm like i can't believe this is happening to me right now and i'm like i can't breathe i can't breathe and i felt like i was gonna die you know what I, mean? I was like oh man mind you i'm the youngest one on the on the team and they yeah. didn't talk, talk to the manager they didn't talk to uh no one at higher or older than than me you know I, I had to fend for myself then they ended up like handcuffing me after they done choking me so i'm like my spirit's already gone and then they cited me and then they took my whole skateboard so i couldn't skate the rest of the trip what and was, yeah and i was just like dang man i felt like dude i felt like like trash man i felt like dude i i don't even belong in this earth it felt like you know what i mean so that's why i'm like that's why i, I stand so hard with what's going on right now because i've yeah. been a part of that i know that when you give police too much power they'll, they'll take it and then they, they'll try to run you run all over you and we're tired yeah. of people are, people are tired of that as people and yeah, we're taking, I mean, taking stand right now we're not taking that no more especially <laughs> skateboarders man we're fucking tired of it man <laughs> yeah and we know we know it more than anybody you know what i mean we know hey, it, it, it doesn't even matter if you're black white green purple whatever you're a skateboarder on Four on a piece of wood and four wheels, and you're skating down the street. You're getting fucked with. You're getting thrown to the ground, and you're fucking getting destroyed. We all we know how it's like, dude. You know exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've I've been threatened by cops so many times, dude. One I remember, well, I was like probably like 16. We're skating to school, and and I told the cop, and it was uh, I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, you know, and like it was like redneck area, and like. You know, like they looked, you know, we're outcasts, you know, either you had to be a redneck or you're this, you know what I mean? But if you're a skateboarder outside, you can't do that. You know, you're, you're a criminal, you know? So like we're 16, we're skating up, up you know, skating up school and cops rolled up and he was, it was like some big old fat redneck and, you know, was being a dick to us. And we're like, and I literally told him, I said, look, dude, like we're just skateboarding, man. Like we're not doing anything wrong. We're not going out shooting people or doing drugs. And, and he looked at me dead straight in my eyes. He's like, I wish you would. Cause I would shoot you right now. I was wow. like, Whoa. <laughs> man, that, that, that's where police go wrong, man. They can't be doing all that. You know, that's, that's why we're trying to like get them defunded and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's just you know and it's just it's crazy dude like and, and i still get i still get profiled man like even you know like when i had my ford bronco or whatever or whatever my ford suv and like they would fuck with me so many times i get pulled over and like oh your eyes look red or your windows like, are yeah. i'm like what <laughs> like where does that even come from how can you even see my eyes from where you're driving you know what i mean like, yeah. like how does this even happen yeah, I totally yeah. understand, man. I totally. <laughs> yeah, I had, this, I had this one cop that pulled me, just, uh, and I laughed too. I was like doing a food delivery. I think I was doing like DoorDash or something. It was in downtown San Diego. I remember this. And it was the funniest thing. I was, and, and I saw him behind me, and I was like, oh, dude, they're going to get me for something, dude. And then I put, and I did everything right. I turned, put my right single on. I turned right, didn't run through the red light or nothing. And, and then all of a sudden, beep, beep, they pulled me over. They ran a tag, uh, and I was cool with them. And I was like, yo, so you know, what did I do? It was like, blah, blah, blah. So I gave him my information. He went back, came back. And I know he wanted to run my tag and see if I was anything criminal on me. And, was, and the only thing he said, oh, you don't have a, a license. You're supposed to have a license plate from your car. I said, well, I'm from Florida, dude. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't do that. He's like, well, in California, you need to have a license plate in front. That, that's why we pulled you over. I was like, you serious? Wow, dude. 
taking the job too serious, man. <laughs> Are you serious? I laughed too at his face. It's like wow. But I really know why. I really know why he pulled me over, man. Just to see if I did anything wrong, you know. Yeah, I know for sure. I, yeah, I've been, I've been profiled just like that too. You know, it's by the car I drive, or just like, just they thought I looked like somebody. So like, how you? How do I? How do you think that I look like somebody? You know what I mean? Like, what does that even come from? Are you like no? As soon as you fight back with the cop, they feel like you're wrong. Yep. It's like you know, it's like you're you are free to say what you need to say. Yeah, power trip, and yeah, I, I, I try not to argue with them, man, because after seeing like all this shit that's going on, I'm just like, yo, I don't want to fucking argue with these dudes because I, you know, I'm by myself, dude. I don't want them fucking kill me. <laughs> you know, totally, what I mean? totally, man. And that's what they're not supposed to make you feel like. They're supposed to serve yeah. and protect. They're not supposed to serve and kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the agenda of what they're what they're made for. Um, yeah, that's crazy. But yeah. when we, this one incident I'll, I'll, I'm going to say before we take off is, is it was for, on my way. I was leaving from coming from Pensacola to come down to St. Pete. And, you know, I had my California tag on and, you know, my Elwood was in the back seat of the car and we we're driving, you know, on a 10 and I was going probably going like 75, 80. Okay. And then there was two cars, me and another car were driving next to each other. One speed up, I'll speed up. We're just driving across. No, nothing wrong. And I see these two state troopers, Florida state troopers sitting on the left-hand side. And I, of course I took my brake off, slowed down a little bit. I was like, ah, let me slow down a little bit. And, and then I passed them. They didn't do anything. I looked at my rear mirror, didn't see them or nothing. Got down the road a little bit. Then all of a sudden I see the, the one of the highway patrols like, phew, like zoom, like fly up. So I move over to the right lane thinking he's going to pass me and need to go catch somebody. Nah, this motherfucker gets behind me. Or not behind me. He drives along the side of me. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not looking at the dude. I'm looking straight. And I know he's looking at me. And he goes, speeds up. And he speeds down. Speeds up. Speeds down. Like, trying to, like, whatever. So then I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. What the fuck's this dude doing? So he gets behind me. Flashes his lights. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I, I didn't do anything. So I pull over the side. He pulls over. And he's, like, comes over. And he has this little gadget. So I roll down the windows. And I was like, oh, what, you know. You know, hey, also, what I do, whatever, I've been cool. And then he put this little gadget on my window, and he's like, Yeah, roll down your window a little more. So he put him a gadget on the window, and he's like, yeah, I'm just testing your tent. What? Like, what? <laughs> exactly. That's what he said. Seriously. He's like, I'm testing your tent. And I'm like, Okay. And then he's like, Registration, blah, blah, blah. I was like, Yeah, here. And it's like, Yeah. And he's like, Where are you coming from? I said, Ah, oh, Pensacola. I'm going down to St. Pete. You know, I'm from, you know, he said, you have California place. Like, yeah, I'm just here for a little bit. I'm not living here. I'm just, you know, going back and forth. You know, my mom is in Pensacola. I'm going down to St. Pete because that's where I'm staying. And he was, you know, whatever, whatever, he went back. Then he called another uh, state trooper. Another state trooper comes up. And I'm like, okay. And then he calls me out. So, yeah, come out of the car. And I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, I'm scared. Like, and I see this dude with like a little, uh, like a, um, dog leash on his hand because i have my dog in the car because so i told the dude i have my dog in the car and he's like all right so that so the dude had a leash around his hand and i'm like oh fuck dude are they gonna fucking arrest me or you know, what the fuck's gonna happen so i'm like okay so you know he was like he said something to me i can't remember actually remember he was like yeah you know do you have anything in your car and i was like I said, honestly, the only thing I got in my car is some pre-roll CBD. That's about it. And he's like, do you have anything else in your car? I said, no. He's like, can we uh, 
check your car. You know, I'm going I'm to have my dog I'm walk by your car. And I was like, okay, well, do I need to take my dog out? Because he's going to sniff at, at the door because my dog said, no, nah, my dog's trained. He's good. Oh, so wow. he gets his dog out. The dog starts freaking out by the Coke can, whatever. And he's like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, and they don't have his dog because the dog was like sniffing the ground, trying to get him over to the car. So he's sniffing the car, starts freaking out right there where my dog's at, Elwood's at. And other cops talking to me, we're bullshitting. And he's like, yeah, the reason why, you know, he called me because, you know, we want to, you know, we have curiosity about you. And, you know, and my dog is trained to sniff um, marijuana, CBD. Since you have CBD in your car, his dog is, is trained to sniff Coke, meth, ecstasy, whatever, whatever, you know. And then they call another cop. So there's three cops there, dude. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what the hell? I'm like, I'm kind of keep cool, man. Like, I'm nervous. I'm like, dude, what the fuck's going on, dude? So they like searched my car. I took my dog. I let me take my dog out. And they searched the car and everything, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, these motherfuckers, like, playing something in my car. Like, they're going to call somebody down the road to rest my ass, dude. Like, something's going on, dude. But no. Yeah. And the only thing they did is they give me a citation and say, oh, yeah. Um, we're just giving you a citation because of your window. Wow. So, yeah. So the whole time they profiled me. <laughs> That's extreme profiling. Yeah, wow. dude. And I'm just, I'm just like, yo, dude, like I'm just nothing in my car. So this and that, that's it. You know, so I, I was like, I got a knife in my car that I do my grip tape and I have a baseball bat because I travel just in case someone fucks with me. You know, yeah. like, that's all I got in my car. But yeah, so that's, I don't know why I told that long story, but it was just the whole profile thing that that just clicked in my head. It's like, yo, dude, it's crazy, dude. No, I totally understand, man. Like, yeah, just profiling in general is just like, like you said, it's just unnecessary. Like they went through all that trouble just to like do nothing, you know? <laughs> like what? And they gave me a citation for a citation, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, citation for my my, my tinted windows. So I laughed about it, dude. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> That's crazy, man. At least you were admitted that you had a knife in there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I was straight with them. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna try to like fight these dudes. I'm not trying to do anything because I'm by myself. I'm on the middle of the I-10, like middle of nowhere, and like. Who's going to save me? You know what I mean? Literally, man. How long ago was that? Uh, that was like June. Oh, this year? Yeah, this year, dude. Okay, yeah. So your mindset was already, uh, I don't know if I want to like mess with these cops. Uh, I don't know if I want to actually take that route of arguing with them. Yeah, and they're like good old boys, too. And I was like, yeah. And then these are, you know, calling three cops. It's like, yo, dude, like, I'm going to have like, like, memories and like memories but flashes the back of my head of like everything that's been going on like fuck dude am i done <laughs> that's like, crazy man yes that's how i feel sometimes too like if i ever run in with the cops like dude I, am i done today am i am i gonna exit this world right now that's what, it shouldn't be like that you know our, our thoughts should not feel like you're gonna you know die from the cops yeah uh, it's, it's it's scary dude it's fucking scary man like and and you said this one thing I, I caught what you said. You said that you made the board for Black Lives Matter, Matter, but not for the organization. Why is that? Um, I mean, a lot of people have mixed emotions on the actual Black Lives Matter organization. Um, I didn't want to cause any like stir or any commotion, and I don't want people to get too negative into the comments and stuff like that. Even though like some of them do, but uh, mm -hmm. the color of change is just more. It's just actually you know, about what they say, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's owned by, you know, black people and 
you know what they what they do is is help the community out there's no third party or like some ceo that's a woman that's not black you know all these things that people make up (laughs) i just wanted to go i wanted to go strictly away from that so they know that i I actually researched this and you know i I, it's all coming from from me you know yeah that's awesome dude that's that's, i saw that board when you put that up there man i was like dude a lot of respect for that dude like it it it, it meant a lot to me you know because it was like dude like just to see a pro skater you know idol pro skater like you doing something like that for this, you know, for the community, for the world to see, for the, you know, to represent the skate community showing like, Hey, we do care. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's and I, I challenged, man. I, I, when this, when George Floyd had gotten murdered, um, it, it set off the world. I feel like the world was watching. Everyone was watching and, um, these skate companies weren't watching. I feel like, so I, I had wrote on my Instagram, like, we see you like, we see who's really supporting, you know, Black Lives Matter, like us, and, and who's not, you know what I mean? And so, you know, that, that caused, like, a, a good stir on, on the comments, and everybody was like, oh, dang, Romar was, like, calling people out. I, wouldn't, I wasn't going to name names. I was just testing to see what they're going to do. And oh, then they came, yeah, then they came out with this Blackout Tuesday thing with this oh, stupid, yeah, stupid black square. Um, that's how I feel about it. It's just like a black square isn't really going to do anything. We spent like 400 years trying to, you know, become civil in this world. A black square for one day isn't going to do anything. No. But no. I get where they're coming from. But, you know, but I see these companies only post black square and they didn't do nothing else after that. So that made me have to write another thing on Instagram. I don't want to be that guy that like is always just like saying stuff. But in this, that particular time, I, I felt like it was needed to challenge these companies to be like, look, we we always skate your vegan product products or your, you know, so-and-so new stitching and we were promoting it and everything like that, promote us, like promote, uh, you know, promote the culture. Show us mm-hmm. that you stand for us, stand for something. And, you know, some of these companies did, some, com- some of these companies don't. And it made me reevaluate, like, all right, I don't really want to mess with this company anymore. I don't really want to, you know, I, I see where this company's standing. I like where this direction's going. Yeah. And uh, I made some moves. I did some things that I felt like I needed to do just for my personal self and, you know, for the better, I, I was like, I, I feel, I feel comfortable. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I definitely know what you're seeing because I saw the same thing too. You know, because I, I, you know, for me, running, me and Carl running TSM Media, we 100% support everything. You know what I mean? No matter what you are, what color, you know, we support everything. We always have, you know. Yeah. And you know, and I, and I sit back and you know, and I watch too. You know, I, I see who, what didn't post things, and what media, what media people didn't post things, and they post black thing, you know, black square things, and yeah, you know, and like I'm not calling anybody out, but they know who they are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they know who they are. <laughs> but I do see that. You know what I mean? And and like, you know, I was waiting for somebody to call me out for what I, me posting. You know positive things about things and that shouldn't be happening but nobody did because i was like hey you know what i'm doing this for for me and carl we believe in this we believe that black lives do matter and and police need to stop killing humans blacks whatever you know what i mean they need to stop and it's like like, we shouldn't even have to be saying black lives matter you know what i mean we're just trying to matter and that's mm -hmm. sad in itself that's an issue in itself to even have to say that and that's why i think the world should wake up it's not a political you know, statement. It's it's not. It's just like we're just trying to fit in with the rest of the world, like we should, and not be you know 
rate you know, charged with murder for like or charged for anything that's like we didn't do that we're innocent until proven guilty and not be killed over that you know well, well, and, think, well think how many you know black people who are in jail for for no apparent reason yeah exactly and then you get a you know the same so you'll have like like a white person um be charged with the same thing as a black but they'll get the lighter sentence than a black person and mm -hmm. it's like so unfair you know the, the injustice of that and that's where like this whole thing has been waking up everybody like okay that's not fair for that you know what i mean and and i think that everyone now it's gotten to a point where it's kind of coincided with everybody it's clashed it's clashed with everybody so we're fighting one thing now everyone's fighting uh, a totally different thing now and it's like what we first started out with was black lives matter now it's like turned into a race war which it oh. should never be like you know what i mean never no, no. Going on both going on both sides and it's like oh no you know what i mean oh yeah i, bl I blame the media for that one man that's just you know the media is making it worse and worse man <laughs> straight up man they are they are going full throttle trying to make people really hate each other yeah they're trying to make a civil war out of this like a black and white thing and it's like you know you know people might listen listen to me what i'm gonna say and i take it the wrong way and and they pop people will but i mean and i i tell people this it's yes there's a big huge issue with cops killing black people there's a huge thing you know for huge 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 things and that needs to stop but a lot of people understand what the media wants to show is a white cop killing a black cop or black person killing a or white person white cop killing a black person and they make that a racial thing but they don't see you know but the media doesn't show you know a, a you know an asian cop killing or you no know, a cop killing an asian person or or vice versa you know what i mean like they don't show yeah. you they only show a black and white thing and they want everybody to think a black and white thing and that's it, you know? Yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, if, if I if I did see that, you know what I mean, I would stand with, you know, the Asian or whatever minority or race that's being murdered. I'll be like, I'm with you, you know what I mean? Because no cops should be deciding no. where you should leave the, leave the face of this earth, you know? They, they're not the judge of that. You, you know what it is? You know what it is? My, my, it's my opinion is, is it's, there's a bunch of these kids who got picked on when they're in school and, you know, and they became NRT, what was it, NRTC or whatever it's called. And then they didn't become, and then they're like, you know what, I'm going to become a police officer so I can bully everybody else. You know, that's all it is. You know, it's, it's kids, people, kids that were picked on in school and then all of a sudden they became cops and they feel authority, you know, they feel they have the authority to, to pick on everybody else, you know? Yeah, that's, straight up. That's that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? And it's fucking sad, dude. It's it's needs to stop, man. Like it's just like it's just like you, man. You you said you you were honest. You said you had a, a knife in the car, right? So yeah. take, take an instance like Jacob Blake. He the guy that got shot seven times in the back. He had a knife in the car, but he he told him that he went back to his car. His kids were in the car. The cop felt like he wasn't. He was resisting whatever he was saying, and he decided to shoot him seven times. See, on the flip side. You didn't get shot that time. I'm glad you didn't. Thank God. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. You were honest about having a knife in the car, regardless of what they were saying to you and regardless of what they're saying to him. You both were still honest. Mm -hmm. The fact that he almost died, he's paralyzed, you know what I mean, from that is it's like, sad. it's sad, man. It's like, dude, what in the world? Like, why did he have to get shot that many times? You know what I mean? In front of his kids. You no, know, he'll never be able to walk again. And, 
you know, do the same as he used to do. Regardless of his past, this past does not matter in this. You know what I mean, it's it's all about what happened during that that confrontation. And yeah, yeah. I mean that cop that cop should have done anything. He should have said, "Hey, sir, get away from your car. Come here. We're going to talk to you." Like. Be normal, you know what I mean? Don't pull a fucking pull a gun out and pull a shirt and shoot him in the back, dude. Like that's literally fucking... there's three or three cops. Like how how many cops does it take to get one person down? You know what I mean? He could have tripped him, they could have shot his tires out, they could have done so many different things to de-escalate the situation. Yeah, they I mean, they wanted they went into that wanting to harm somebody, they wanted to kill somebody. It's just like the George Floyd thing. They that cop wanted to kill somebody that day. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, if, all, if, of them. Yeah, all of them for sure. Yeah, all of them. You know, it's fucking sad, dude. It, it definitely is, you know? Yeah. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> but that's the world. See, that's the world right now, and that's the scary part. I think that there's so many things going on in the world that our minds are just like, dude, what, what is going on right now? Hey, I'm I'll, ready. I'll tell you this, Romar. You know what I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for the alien attack, dude. I'm waiting for the alien <laughs> invasion, dude. I will allow that to happen. I'll be like, yo, motherfuckers, what's up, dude? <laughs> man, I wouldn't even doubt an alien invasion coming, you know, knowing this year, man. You might have all types of different alien species out there like, all right, it's our time to strike. <laughs> 2020. Like, I would smoke them. I would smoke them out and open up a fucking forty and say, "Yo, come sit down on my porch and let's just hang out, dude." <laughs> <laughs> they're coming. They're coming Christmas. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, just make it real bad. Real, real bad. Just the day before David uh, New Year's Eve. They're coming out, dude. <laughs> New Year's Eve. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. We're coming in with a bang. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just hope. I just hope. It, you know, it's just. I don't mean to talk about this too much, man, but it's just it's just fucking sad, dude. It's crazy, dude. It's like with everything going on, man, with the pandemic, that that thing is just I don't know, man. I think it's just so hoax. It's so I don't know if it's real or not real. I don't know what's real or not real. You know what I mean? It's definitely real. I might think they might be blowing it out of proportion a little bit, but it's definitely real. Um, my mom has had a couple people that's had it and passed. Oh, no, no, you're fine. I mean, that's that's just the way. There's so much misinformation out there that everyone gets confused on if it's real or not real, and that's not our fault. That's their fault. The WHO and CDC and all that stuff. That's them not telling us the right information. And uh, yeah, that's what we're stuck with, you know. So we'll never know really what's going on until mm-hmm. they figure out a vaccine, which I don't think anybody wants to take. I think like they're not even tr- like past phase three. They want people. They want to ship it out. You might turn into like a frog or something if you take that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 if it gives me if it gives me superpowers or mutant yeah. that shit, dude. <laughs> you might be able to fly, dude. Just like Flash, turn into Superman. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm down, dude. I'm down for Spider Man shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we won't know until after this election shit's over with, dude. I'm so over that too, man. It's oh yeah, we got that too, man. That's a whole other topic. But yeah, I I, I try I've tried to tune in tune out as much politics as in that sense because we'll never know. You know what I mean? We'll never know. It's rigged, and you know Trump. Trump is the worst. I don't like Trump. I don't know if you like Trump or not, but yeah, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't know at all. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what people ask me? They ask me, it's like, yo, are you going to vote? I said, yeah, I'm going to vote for Tommy Zam, dude. I vote for <laughs> yeah. 
Museum. And I still have <laughs> on the motherfucker. <laughs> That's the only way to go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't I don't care for any of them, dude. I, I'm not a political person. I don't care about the president. I don't care about the government at all. You know, like it's it's all fucked up, dude. Yeah, we're gonna be jacked for the next four years anyway. So it's like, well, no matter who's in it, we could really fix this. You know what I mean? No one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just gotta worry about ourselves, man. You know. Mm-hmm. So, Romar, one last thing, dude. So, you got anything to say to the new upcomer skaters, the, the musicians, and anything to the world? Yeah, if you're trying to become a pro professional skateboarder or just skate in general. No, it's not easy. It's hard. You're going to have to really put your, your right foot and left foot down as hard as you can. You got to take it. You got to take what you want because they're not going to just give it to you. And do it with passion. Love that thing. And you'll get far for sure. And with music, you have to do the same exact thing. It might be even tougher. You have to create a brand, create your uh, image, and go off that. Let the music speak for itself, but also let your voice speak for itself because. It's not going to be given to you. No matter how much you want it to, you have to go out there and grab that. So to all you little kids out there or anybody, keep the passion alive. Do what you got to do, and you'll make it for sure. Oh, yeah, dude. That's tight, man. That's tight. Well, well, Kevin, dude, I'm so so hyped on everything you're doing, man. Like, your skating is always on top, man. 100%, dude. And, like, I'm stoked for, I'm stoked for you, man. Like, 100%, man. And, you know, you have done so much for skateboarding, and I want to say thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah, I definitely want to say thank you. And and the music, keep that shit going, dude. <laughs> I want I want to see DJ Romar up and fucking with twenty thousand having his own stage and like fucking girls throwing bikinis or <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever, man. Just fucking have your own show. And if you do, make sure you invite me because I will be there. <laughs> oh yeah, you you'll be on guest list for show VIP. Let's get it. All right, all right. Well, Kevin, thanks for coming out, coming on the show, man. And I just want to tell you, say something real quick. Um, this Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, it's going to be TSM Live Show Season 3, Episode 6. Um, of course, I'm going to be your host. And we got a great episode for you. It's going to, We have Debo coming on there. We have Josh Silva and Gene is going to be playing. Um, definitely you can check that out on E360 TV on their mobile, on Apple TV, Roku, blah, blah, blah. Or you can watch it on our Facebook, um, you know, the whole show and stuff. But Kevin, I just want to say thank you so much, man. Like, dude, you're killing it, man. And I'm proud of you, dude. Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate that a lot. It means a lot. Right. for sure. Hell yeah, homie. All right, man. Well, take care of yourself, brother. Yeah, man. You too. Stay safe out there. Oh, uh, definitely. Definitely, man. All right. Peace. Late.